It's six o'clock on the dot and welcome to WORT's local news for Thursday, October 5th. I'm your host, Stacey Harbaugh. And I'm your host, Sean Bull. In tonight's news, a man was arrested after bringing a firearm into the Capitol and demanding to speak with Governor Evers twice in one day. More on the retirement announcement of Dane County Executive Joe Parisi and what comes next for the office. And in the second half, we speak with music producer Godzilla, learn when to ask for some home improvement projects, and officially kick off spooky season. (laughs) Spooky season. All these and more on tonight's news. This is Stacy Harbaugh and Sean Bull with your local news coming to you live from the WORT studios in downtown Madison during our fall pledge drive. Keep your calls coming. Here are tonight's headlines. The Speaker of the Wisconsin Assembly threw cold water today on Republicans' push to impeach Wisconsin Elections Commission Administrator Megan Wolf. Robin Voss told a WKOW-TV reporter that he will wait until a judge has determined whether the Republican-controlled Senate acted with proper authority when it voted to fire Wolf last month. The Senate did not have a nomination to act on from the six-member commission after three Democrats on the bipartisan body abstained from voting. The resulting deadlock prevented the nomination process from moving forward. The state Supreme Court ruled in 2022 that a state office appointee can remain on the job until the Senate approves a replacement. A Republican-controlled state Senate committee is opposing the reappointment of a Democrat on the Wisconsin Elections Commission because he abstained from voting on Megan Wolf's reappointment as commission administrator. Former Milwaukee County Clerk and State Legislator Joseph Zarnetsky committed dereliction of duty by refusing to vote, State Senator Dan Nodal charged Tuesday. Zarnetsky responded that nothing in state law requires that action be taken on Wolf's reappointment before the 2024 election, the Capital Times reports. The World Naked Bike Ride is in the crosshairs of Republican state lawmakers who are incensed that a young girl joined the ride, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reports. A Senate committee held a hearing today on two bills. One would revise how public displays of nudity would be prosecuted, and the other would prohibit taking photos of nude children. The changes would reduce the standard for prosecution from an indecent display to an intentional display. Also, adults would be prohibited from allowing minors to attend events where public displays of nudity occur. In addition, the changes include a ban on photographing nude children in public unless the photos are taken with the intent of notifying law enforcement within one day. Breastfeeding in public would be exempt from prosecution under both bills. The bills have gained support of about 20 Republicans, but no Democrats, according to the Journal Sentinel. A church resale shop on the Lac du Flambeau Reservation will be removed after Native American graves were discovered under the church parking lot, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reports. Ground-penetrating radar detected human remains under the parking lot of the Community Presbyterian Church in August after a tribal member noticed a depression in the surface of the lot. Testing for more graves at the site is continuing, according to the Journal Sentinel. The tribe intends to restore the gravesite area and will not exhume any remains. 
A church newsletter states that the remaining parking area will be able to accommodate about 20 cars, and a nearby Catholic church will allow worshipers to park in its lot if necessary. Another COVID-era program is coming to an end after nearly three years. Starting January 1st, 2024, Wisconsin teens will once again have to schedule road tests in order to get driver's licenses. Officials warned that DMVs will likely see an uptick in the activity with this pre-pandemic policy reinstated. In May of 2020, the Department of Transportation issued a waiver program for people between the ages of 16 and 17, allowing them to skip the road test completely. Data from DOT says that nearly 145,000 road test waivers have been authorized by parents or legal guardians since the program kicked off. WISDOT officials claim that the lack of road tests over the last few years has not negatively impacted highway safety. They say that data on post-licensure citations and crashes for teens has remained consistent. One driving instructor told NBC15, quote, The road test doesn't mean you're a great driver just because you pass, unquote. As for another COVID-era waiver that allows people to renew their licenses online, officials say there's no established end date. Madison College President Jack Daniels announced Wednesday that he will retire at the end of the current school year. Daniels has served at the helm of the college, also known as Madison Area Technical College, since 2013. The Wisconsin State Journal reports that the college will embark on a nationwide search in the coming weeks for Daniels' successor. And asylum seekers are benefiting from the work of volunteers at Madison's Beth Israel Center. Those volunteers are collecting and distributing clothing at an Arizona shelter, according to a report from the Wisconsin State Journal. The shelter in Tucson, called Casa Alitas, houses people who have passed a so-called credible fear interview by federal immigration officials. The interview determines whether the interviewees have a well-founded fear of persecution in their home countries. Asylum seekers at Casa Alitas usually stay at the shelter for only a few days before joining sponsors in the United States who have agreed to pay for their transportation to a new community. And those were your local news headlines. We turn now to two special guests, Amy Owen and Jay Davis, in the studio, who want to tell you a little something about WORT and our pledge drive. Thank you so much, Sean. That's right. I am here. My name is Jay. I am joined by Amy. And yeah, that's right. We're here to tell you about the fall pledge drive. I am so excited to be here supporting WORT. And community, I know that you are also just as excited that WORT has been on the air for so many years. And I would like for you to call in now or go online and pledge to keep WORT thriving and on the air for many more decades. So how would folks do that, Jay? Well, you can either give us a call uh, at 608-256-2001. We have Ralph here manning the phones, ready to take your call. And, or, you can head to wortfm.org. Either one of those, if you you know don't feel like chatting with someone today, then you can head online and head to our website. It's a big, bright, orange button that says donate you can head there and either make a one-time donation or an evergreen donation you know if uh you can make a one-time you know just you're feeling really impassioned about the the local news right here right now you can make a one-time donation or if you want to you know a steady flow out of your wallet you know something that's not as impactful right now but it can make a big difference to our budget planning right here at the station 
I am so glad to be able to be supporting the station today. And I am an evergreen donor. Um, we use that term just to make sure that we've got a little special label for when somebody gives each month the same exact amount. And it's really nice to be able to have that in order to plan for the station's budget and in order to plan for my budget. So uh, even though I am an evergreen donor, occasionally a show is so good or a song is so fun that I give a little extra in the pledge drive. So if you are an evergreen donor and you would like to give a little extra too, we would also love to hear from you. And maybe you want to increase your pledge. Easy to do. Yeah, you know, that, that's one thing that we ask you to consider because if you're making a monthly donation already, uh, then it could be really impactful right now to just increase your donation just by a little bit. It doesn't need to be a huge, big, grand amount, uh, but maybe your own budget has increased this year and you want to help out WOTE a little bit more, we would be more than happy to uh, take a, a, a little bit of an upgrade in your monthly donation. And you can do that two different ways. Uh, you can call us at 608-256-2001 or head to wortfm.org. Um, either one, we'd be more than happy to hear from you. Thank you for your support. And now back to the news. Yesterday, Capitol Police arrested an armed man who insisted on seeing Governor Tony Evers. Then they did it again after he posted bail and came back. WORT News producer Faye Parks has the story. Wisconsin is getting nationwide coverage after an armed man attempted to enter Governor Tony Evers' office in the Capitol building yesterday. Lawmakers were only notified about the incident this morning in a report that the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel obtained. The report shares some more specifics about the incident, including the man's name, Joshua Plesnick. Plesnick lives in Madison and goes by the nickname Taco. Around 2 p.m. yesterday, Plesnick allegedly approached the security desk outside the governor's office, carrying a loaded handgun in a holster. According to the report, he was also shirtless, had his dog on a leash, and told officers he would continue going to the Capitol until he could speak with the governor about domestic abuse against men. Capitol Police arrested him without incident on the building's first floor, where the governor's office is located. Officers confiscated his weapon and turned his dog over to animal control. Governor Evers was not in at the time, but the story isn't over. Plesnick posted his own bail for an unspecified amount and returned to the Capitol hours later, around 9 p.m. This time, he was found outside with a loaded AK-47-style rifle and a collapsible baton in his backpack, still asking to see Governor Evers, according to the New York Times. State law considers this type of baton a concealed weapon requiring a valid permit, which Plesnick does not have. As of right now, he has been charged with a concealed carry weapons violation for that baton, and the rifle was seized for safekeeping, according to a spokesperson for the State Department of Administration. Around midnight, officers took Plesnick into custody for a psychiatric evaluation. Wisconsin residents call the state capitol building the People's House. It was officially designated as such in 1965, when former Governor Warren Knowles called it, quote, a living monument to the people who built our social order in Wisconsin, unquote. At the time of Plesnick's first arrest in the early afternoon, a large crowd of people were gathered upstairs to attend an assembly committee hearing on a pair of anti-trans bills. That's because, as long as the legislature is in session, the public has more or less unrestricted access to the Capitol. Wisconsinites can take advantage of that openness to tour the building or express their opinions to their representatives. Doors are open to everyone from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day 
with no metal detectors or security posted at the entrances. A decades-old Wisconsin law says that each house shall remain open to the public, the only exception being the need for secrecy as a matter of public safety, according to a 2011 article from the Cap Times. That article was published during the Act 10 protests, when the open meetings law was a major sticking point. Over the course of several months, as many as 100,000 people occupied the square and the Capitol building itself, sometimes sleeping there. Most were there to protest former Governor Scott Walker's highly controversial budget plan. Wisconsin law also allows concealed weapons in the People's House, with some restrictions, as long as the carrier has the right permits. Firearms are not allowed in the offices of the Capitol Police or in the Supreme Court, and legislative offices can individually decide to restrict concealed carry with signs posted near their public entrances. The governor complimented the Capitol Police and State Patrol yesterday, but did not comment on any potential security changes moving forward. Last year, after a man fatally shot a retired Juneau County judge, the governor's name was found on a list of future targets, alongside Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Governor Evers has consistently advocated for more gun regulation and called on the legislature to act on incremental safety measures, like universal background checks and red flag laws. Those calls have been repeatedly rejected by the Republican-led legislature. Reporting for WORT News, I'm Faye Parks. Yesterday, Joe Parisi announced his retirement as Dane County Executive, a role he's held for over a decade. The Dane County Executive oversees large public projects like conservation, human services, and the Dane County landfill, and much more. The timing of Parisi's retirement means that a new executive will not be voted in until next November, which will coincide with the 2024 presidential election. Reporter Sarah Gabler has the story. A lifelong local official announced his retirement yesterday. Joe Parisi has spent over two decades in public office. He has worked as Dane County Clerk, State Assembly Representative, and for the past 12 years has been the Dane County Executive. Speaking yesterday at a Dane County park, Parisi announced his retirement, slated for next spring. I will always cherish the memories and the friends I've made during my career in public office. And I'm also looking forward to wherever life's life's journey takes me next. Parisi was first elected as county executive in 2011, taking over for Kathleen Falk, who stepped down in the midst of her fourth term. And he leaves his post by creating the same conditions for the way he was first elected, by special election. Parisi's departure in May 2024 means there will be just under a year left in his four-year term. And the role of county executive will need to be filled by someone else until the April 2025 election. Parisi says he timed his retirement strategically, allowing for a special election in November 2024, which coincides with the presidential election. I think it's great timing. I mean, we will have record turnout, probably 300,000 or so people voting. And so we'll be able to have, you know, just participation by basically everyone in the community um, to elect that. But counties need leaders in all months, including the seven months from Parisi's retirement in May to the special election in November. Under Wisconsin law, county executive vacancies are at the appointment of the county board chair, who is currently Supervisor Patrick Miles. They're also subject to confirmation by the board. The Cap Times reports that Miles, who is the current chair of the Dane County Board of Supervisors, will step in as acting executive next May. Miles did not respond to requests for comment today. 
but the decision could feasibly fall to someone else, should someone other than Miles become the next chair of the county board next spring, following the election of a new board of supervisors in the April 2024 election. Earlier this week, Parisi announced what we now know will be his last executive budget proposal. His proposed 2024 annual budget soars to over $930 million and would add funds to social service projects to combat food insecurity, a body camera pilot program for the sheriff's office, a new 911 dispatch center, and a revamped giraffe barn at the Vila Sioux. The budget would be funded in part by a 13.1% increase in the county's property tax levy. That means taxes on Madison homes with an average value of $425,000 would go up to $142. There will be a public hearing on the 2024 Dane County budget on October 18th at 6 p.m. Whoever steps into the interim executive role next spring would oversee these projects and more in what is the largest county budget yet. Reporting for WORT News, I'm Sarah Gabler. It's now 6.23 p.m. and you're listening to the live local news on WORT. And we're going to now turn back to two special guests in the studio, Amy and Jay, who want to tell you a little something about the WORT Fall Pledge Drive. Thank you so much, Stacey. We are excited to be here to ask for your donation to the station. Here at WORT, we value our donors. I'm Amy, and I'm here with Jay to ask for you to call in now and support the local news and everything you hear today and all the days on Community Radio WORT. So, Jay, how do folks do that? So you can do that one of two ways. You can uh, give us a call at 608-256-2001. We are here and ready to take your call. Or you can go to wortfm.org. And if you're wondering, uh, you know, maybe you really enjoy the news, you tune in every once in a while, and you're wondering, well, why would I, you know, make a donation? What is my money going to be used for? Well, we can tell you exactly what that is. This is community radio. So many things. We're going to be completely transparent about where your money is going to go. Um, and that can include several things. You know, we here on Bedford, we this is an old building. <laughs> um, you know, true. we have an elevator that needs repairs. We have a roof, you know, that needs fixing. I mean, frankly, I mean, if the roof doesn't stay there, the, the, believe it or not, there's a lot of electrical electrical equipment in the uh, <laughs> in a radio station that needs uh, protecting. Yes, that's right. Raise the roof and raise your joy by donating now. Six zero eight. 256-2001. So we do have infrastructure to support. We have a great staff that keeps fabulous tunes mm-hmm. and interesting news and community access through the Access Hour in your ears all throughout the land and online. So if you are listening from far, far away, we would love to hear from you as well. 608-256-2001. Or for those extra far folks, you might prefer donating online. WORTFM dot O-R-G. And we also need equipment here at the station. You know, That's we right. need the we need quality recorders so that we can send our reporters out into the world to, you know, collect quality audio. You know, we need to be able to uh, one thing that I really appreciate about WRT is the translation of interviewing someone, taking what they're saying, and then bringing it to the airwaves as accurately as possible. You know, we want to make it as one-to-one, and that includes capturing the tenor of somebody's voice, you know, somebody out in the world that wants to share their message. And we want to do that to the best of our ability, and, you know, frankly, we need money to be able to do that. And so, right. Right. yeah, if you feel 
impassioned about WORT or just just about community radio, you know, because, you know, the, there's only so much of that around, you know, and WORT is an institute of Madison, Wisconsin. And sure if you would like to see it continue forward, um, then, you know, head to 608-256-2001 or WORTFM.org. That's right. This radio station has been investing in high-quality entertainment and information for you for decades. And we would like to make sure this station continues to thrive and support our listening area and beyond online. So help us do that by doing your part. Call in or go to wortfm.org. Pick up that phone, 608-256-2001. Chat with Ralph when you call in. Thank you to Ralph. Thank you to Bonzo for our lovely meal tonight. We appreciate the community support from our local businesses, and you too can support the station. So join us by pledging today. Yeah, and what being a part of community radio means is that you are becoming an, uh, a partial owner of what happens here at WRT. You know, you are becoming a part of this station by making a donation. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you, I mean, whether that's evergreen or whether that's a one-time donation, you know, you are contributing towards uh, something that matters to Madison, Wisconsin. You know, the only reason that we are able to bring you the news that we do is because uh, of your generous donations. And we could not do it without you. You know, we also have a special spooky season pledge uh, gift for folks out there today. Glow-in-the-dark skull design with W-O-R-T on it and some headphones on that skull with the shades on. It's a pretty fun design, and you want to glow with your W-O-R-T pride and joy, and this shirt will let you do that. So how would folks obtain one of these fine shirts? We want to thank our listeners, and how can people make a pledge today? Well, you can head to wortfm.org or give us a call at 608-256-2001. And that t-shirt that she just mentioned, I mean, you can either make a one-time 120 donation. That sounds like a lot. Or you can make a simple $8.33 per month donation and get a t-shirt for yourself. But um, that's enough from us. We'll turn it back to the news now. Thank you. Thanks, Amy and Jay. You're pledging to handcrafted, artisanal, live, and local news here on WORT 89.9 FM. The time is now 6.32 and you're listening to the local news on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. I'm your host, Sean Bull, here with Stacy Harbaugh. Thanks for joining us tonight on the 6 p.m. local news. On this week's edition of Out of the Box, host D-Star sits down with music producer Godzilla. The industry veteran has advice for artists who want to make it big. What's up, everybody? This is your host, D-Star, here with... Godzilla. Godzilla. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Man, you know, I'm feeling real good right about now. I'm in the place to be, Jack. That's right. That's right. (laughs) My mentor. So for the people that don't know you, can you give them a little bit about yourself? I was born in the river. (laughs) (laughs) 
Here we go. No, no, no. I just gave you. Uh, he was raised in Chicago. <laughs> I'm a music producer, recording engineer, part-time comedian, <laughs> father, all of those other things. I, if you want to know what my name is made in, it's made for mixing records and making beats. Beat battle champion. Milwaukee Padmasters. Say that. Won. We just won a championship. I guess I've lived a life in music over 35 years. I have an album cover of me playing the organ at two. Wow. So, I mean, I don't know nothing else about music. And your wife comes from music, too. Her uh, family is in the Gospel Music Hall of Fame, the Hobson Family Singers. Yeah, And so, she can sing. Yeah, she does all the backups. What are some of the notable people that you've worked with? My favorite name that I like to pull up on people is Kobe Bryant, right? Right. That's my favorite I've one. I've seen that picture. Yeah. Pictures you can't see. Here's pictures you, you can't see me and Todd Gurley. I think there might be a picture of me and Jay Ajayi somewhere running back. But we spent a, a, a little bit of time working with Todd Gurley. I was working for Bleacher Report, so I had did like three different interviews with Isaiah Thomas, and Nipsey Hussle was his favorite rapper, so I got to work with Isaiah and Nipsey. And KRS-One, Rico Wade from Organized Noise, him Sleepy Brown, and Bushwick Bill, rest in peace. Rest Bushwick in peace. Bill. A little work with Busy Bone. Obviously, my main road dog, Cuckoo Cow, really heavy for the in my projects thing. So I was on a projects tour and doing hype man duties towards the end of that run. <laughs> so I only get out the studio for a couple things, and that's why I'm here today. It's like <laughs> <laughs> anybody who's keeping score, I, I get locked in the studio pretty much unless there's a music video to shoot, a concert to be done, or we got some kind of industry showcase event like what I'm in Madison for today. Big ups to the Urban Community Arts Network and the Level Up event because that's what I'm actually in Madison. I would have came up here for him anyway but to put two of them together on the same day that that's all right real quick can we just talk about be justice and what he's got going on oh yeah yeah we can talk about be justice i mean that's like my little brother at this point our birthdays are like four days apart so it's funny because on his birthday this year we did the all-white party with this well really well-known milwaukee band called cigarette break and they have a lot of milwaukee's ace young musicians that play in the band and um we, we were able on his birthday which was august 21st to play a show with Cigarette Break down at the Harley Museum on the lakefront. And then my birthday was four days later and we got to play another Be Justice show on my birthday at the Pfizer. Wow. Right. So I'm DJing at the Pfizer while B Justice is rocking. It's like, you know, I told you I quit spending money. So I, <laughs> that was one of the first things I didn't buy. <laughs> one of the first things I didn't buy was a big blow up poster of us rocking the right, Pfizer. Right. Okay, so let's get right to it, right? It's a lot of guys that got a lot of talent, and they, number one question, how can I get on? Break it down. How can I get on? The very simple answer is, you may not like it, but it's the truth. Do it every day. People will take me saying do it every day, probably with a grain of salt, but I'm going to tell you that a D-boy who want to cut money going to go to the trap every day. A barber that want to cut hair ain't going to do it by not going to the shop. The first key is to do it every day. Not every other day, not when you have time, not when you feel like it, but do it every day like you don't have a choice. Really, more people get into the NBA every year than get into rap music. How big is the pool of people that think they belong in the NBA as opposed to how many people think they belong in entertainment? Your odds, just from the odds perspective, if you decided you wanted to be in the NBA, maybe you don't become a player, but you become somebody who works in the front office, an executive. You have way better odds of working in the NBA than you do working in this pop music situation right. by the odds. So what does a kid train like when it's time for them to go to the NBA? I got a nephew, fortunately, that's playing D2 ball. He just his freshman year in Michigan right now. His regimen for the last four years of high school has been wake up early, work out, go to school, get out, go to basketball practice. He, he get out of school, go to basketball practice, go home, do homework, eat dinner, and then go to a private workout after that. 
when he graduated high school, they flew to like North Carolina and a couple other states because they were having basketball showcases with scouts. You can't even get up and go to a music conference in your city. So when I'm saying do it every day, that boy wants to be in the NBA. Do it every day like you want to be in entertainment. Future said that he'd been in the studio every day for the last 10 years. If you're not in the studio every day, you can't compete. It sounds like it's a cheap answer or not an easy way out. But as I say this to you, people always say to me, well, you make money like that because you make beats. You're a producer and I rap, so that's different. Look me in my eye and tell me that if I had decided to rap for the last 35 years that I wouldn't have figured out how to make no money right now. That was Oddity Box. But now we're going to turn to Amy and Jay, who want to tell you a little something about how your support makes the local news happen during our fall pledge drive. Thank you so much for that great introduction. That's right. My name is Jay. I am here with Amy. And yeah, that's right. We're here to tell you about the WRT Fall Pledge Drive. So we are happy to be here. It's been a couple days into the pledge drive and the pledges are supporting our local radio station. So we would like for you to join in. Call us now at 608-256-2001 to add your pledge to the support the station is receiving. We need your donations now to help with the infrastructure updates we're doing, supporting our staff, making sure that everything runs smoothly here at WORT. And we have several fun things that we are sharing with our donors this uh, this pledge drive, especially the spooky season glow-in-the-dark skull shirt. Mm-hmm. And um, also, we have a radio, a cute little Jupiter Bluetooth speaker. So if you are one of the fabulous pleasures that has been supporting the station forever and has a full collection of WORT-themed shirts and sweatshirts and bags, first of all, thank you. But you may not have a Bluetooth speaker and you would like to possibly listen to this fine station on your new Bluetooth speaker. So call in now, 256-2001-608-256-2001, and chat with Ralph. He would be happy to take your pledge. I can't imagine anything more that, that symbolizes community radio than <laughs> sitting sitting around with your friends and listening to WRT on your WORT Bluetooth speaker. I mean, could you imagine anything that more symbolizes community radio than that? And that would be lovely. It would be absolutely amazing. Um, but one thing that I did want to mention is that each show has a goal. We, right. you know, we yes. we have a, a set number of pledges that we want to. Uh, acquire by the end of every show and I just want to point out that 40 minutes in we haven't had one yet but you can be the first today we're looking for five pledges over the next 20 minutes or we have a goal of just one new donor so if you've never donated to oh. WORT before, Joyous. now now is the perfect opportunity because I mean it's going to bring a huge smile to Amy's face. That's right. You know, and I I I just I would love to end today on a high note here at WORT and you can do that by calling 608-256-2001 or if you're by a phone or by a computer, you can head to wortfm.org. Yes, new donors, come to the wart side. We would love to have you join in. It's super easy to pledge. It's super easy to um, give to WORT. We follow up over mail. If you do it online, it's all taken care of right there. There's lots of different ways to fulfill the pledge. And uh, we can really use your support. This radio station is a scrappy little radio station. We do a lot to be uh, great stewards of your donations 
608-256-2001. Call in now to support this fine station or pledge online. Thanks, y'all. Please keep those pledges coming as we go back to local news and commentary. In this week's edition of The House Always Wins, feature contributors John Stephanie and Allie Biryani tell us how to find a good contractor for the projects outside of your skill level. Hey everyone, I'm John. And I'm Allie, and welcome to The House Always Wins, where you can learn cool stuff about your house. We love cool stuff. Hey Allie, we talk a lot about things that homeowners can do themselves, but sometimes the best thing a homeowner can do for themselves is find a qualified contractor to take on the project. Exactly right. So large or small, simple complex, a good contractor can make that home project way less stressful. Oh yeah. On the flip side, a bad contractor can be exhausting and miserable. Oh yeah. May and the whole experience can be made worse by the fact that the person is or the contractor is in your home uh, working on what might well be your most valuable asset. The question is, how should a person go about finding a contractor that they want to work with and that wants to work with them? That is an excellent question, and I'm glad we're doing this. First off, word of mouth is a good place to start. So let's say you've got, a, I don't know, a kitchen or a bathroom you've been thinking about doing. First thing, um, have a good idea of what you want. A. B. Hopefully have some money set aside or have a way of financing it. Um, kind of two things you really should have kind of thought through before you start calling contractors. Word of mouth then, talking to people you know, finding out from neighbors on the email systems, you know, what yeah, I would call listserv. listserv. I, I would call listserv. a listserv. Own it, man. <laughs> I would say listserv, you know, talking to your neighbors on the listserv, friends and family. Word of mouth is going to find you probably people with the best reputation and probably willing to do the best quality. So let's say you're going to do that kitchen. Do you have neighbors or local friends who've had a kitchen done who speak highly about the contractor? Great. So go to their kitchen and take a look around. You might have different tastes, of course, but look at the quality of the work being done. Are the cabinets installed straight? Is the caulk lines nice and sweet? There's no missing pieces. Everything looks tidy, neat, and done well. That's a good sign right there. Yeah. In addition to maybe taking those recommendations, uh, it'd be good to know, like, it, does this contractor have some previous clients that you can talk to uh, and, and get a little, little bit more information from them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if they're not willing to give you any names of former clients, right there should be a red flag, end of conversation and done. They should be willing to give you multiple names. You should then actually get in touch with these folks, the former clients, talk to them and see what their experience was like. And even if you can speak to a former client, uh, we would still advise a little additional footwork or research. Uh, look up the contractors through Yelp, Angie, Better Business Bureau, Nextdoor. I mean, even Book of Face, Facebook. Um, <laughs> MySpace. The MySpace. Oh, my God. Is that even? that's? Well, it's up there with your listserv. So whatever. It's right up there with listserv, right? <laughs> So these sites often amplify the most extreme. So you're going to get those people who are super cranky or incredibly in love. Um, disregard those and look for that middle third. Uh, I think that's the sweet spot, right? It's the middle third that seem to be the ones who will have the word. And if they are all still pretty enthusiastic, that's encouraging. 
Yeah, and if they're uh, if they're saying that they have a restraining order out on the contractor, <laughs> you just just that's a no. That would be a humongous red flag. Yeah, very so, large. Absolutely. Another place you might look for contractors is uh, a lot of the trade associations. Like for example, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry has a Madison chapter. The NARI is the uh, the shortened name for that, and they publish a contractor directory. So. If a, a contractor is a member of NARI, they are required to work to a certain professional and ethical standard. So that's a sign that they are a company that takes themselves seriously and is committed to improving the quality of their work. Right. Yeah, that's always a it's a good place to start for sure. In short, talk to people who have worked with the contractor, but also, you know what? Talk to a contractor. Frankly, when you talk to a contractor, they will hopefully and probably have questions for you as well. Yeah, that's right. They're going to ask you how far into the planning of your project you are. Like, do you have drawings mm-hmm. already? Or are you just kind of in the fantasizing, I've been on Pinterest phase of your project? Oh, God. Pinterest. And maybe, and maybe you're just, you know, hoping to get some guidance from the contractor. Um, so they're going to want to just get a feel for whether your expectations are realistic. Are you hoping that they start next week and now in two weeks you're going to have a brand new kitchen? Ooh, boy. Because if a contractor promises that to you, uh, be very wary. Uh, run away is yeah. what I would say. Good contractors <laughs> are busy and conscientious ones. They understand that kitchens, they typically take more than two weeks. You know, a good contractor is going to set expectations that they can meet and exceed. Right. It is really important to feel comfortable also and respected by the contractor, especially when they're going to be working in your home for weeks and months. I mean, you're going to get to know the names of their kids and their dog, for instance. It's just the way that goes. So while you don't really necessarily need to be friends with them, uh, it is important to have a respectful relationship. Yeah. For example, somebody comes in and they're just like talking down to you. Mm. Uh, They use language that makes you uncomfortable. They reveal themselves to be intolerant or hostile towards others. Oh, you mean like, oh, hey, they're a little lady. Yeah, that or they're bad mouthing other people. You know, they're not going to get any better once you've actually signed over some money to them. In fact, more likely they're going to get worse. So it's important to trust your gut in these early conversations. And then hopefully, once you've had some of those those initial conversations, you can narrow your search down to maybe two to four contractors. These are contractors that are interested in the project. This is work that's in their wheelhouse, and they've come recommended. So how do you choose between those people? Yeah, a great place to be, and you've already probably done a fair amount of work at this point. So if you have a good feeling about all two to four of them, then uh, take a good look at their proposals. So they will have hopefully given you a proposal for what they think it will cost. Take a good long look at it. So if, for instance, one contractor's price is a lot lower than all the others, why is that? Do they see the scope of work as less than the others? In other words, are they putting less in? Have they forgotten something? Or they're, oh, we're not going to supply the cabinets or the countertops or you know, you really, you want to ask this question, say, so your bid's pretty low. Uh, we're just curious. I noticed you don't have uh, door handles on here. Do you know, where does that come from? So on the other hand, sort of the flip side is, is the bid that's like way higher than everybody else's. Right. And so you have to ask yourself, well, what's going on there? And occasionally, you know, a company just has such a great reputation and people pay their prices and more power to them, I guess. So again, I, you always land in, in the magic middle. Uh, so once you're choosing between those those 
contractors in the magic middle. Then other things like the schedule might become a factor, like when can they get started? How long do they think the project's going to take? And then lastly, it's the vibes. Oh, yeah. What vibes do you get from this contractor? For sure. The vibe is a definite factor. You should be getting good vibes all over. Absolutely. And they'll feel the same way, that they want to have good vibes with you. Oh, boy. Yo, boy. Um, so that's all we have time for today. But next time we'll be talking about the client being the client that a contractor wants to work for, because this is going to be a two way relationship. Um, but until then, if you have any questions about home improvement, construction or carpentry that you'd like us to answer, why don't you drop us an email at the house always wins at WORTFM.org. And remember, everybody, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But I'm going to throw shade if I don't get paid for this housework. As a WORT listener, you know that what's not scary is the fall pledge drive. But what is scary? Your pumpkin turning into a creature created by the mysterious Mad Carver. That's MMC for short. In this episode of Radio Chipstone, feature contributor Jennifer Fields kicks off spooky season with a bit of mischief. Living in Wisconsin, we know what's coming when we see the bright green leaves of summer turn into brilliant gold and red of fall. Yet somehow, we still love autumn. We pull on sweaters, dig out socks, and build bonfires. Fall is the slow-your-roll season, when we put away summer fun and get ready for winter. But some folks are just getting started. This particular pumpkin carver wants to remain anonymous. So I'll take a page from H.P. Lovecraft and call her She Who Is Not To Be Named. Yeah, it's wordy, but it totally suits her. She, for short, says her desire to carve pumpkins starts to build early in the season. Something about just seeing them really drives me nuts. So uh, we decided that something had to be done. It was late at night, you know, that kind of thing. We like to dress up, we like to paint our faces, so we got, we did all that and we snuck out and crept around the neighborhood. We wrote down the addresses so we knew where to return them to and then went home, carved them, and put them back. It took a while, but we got it all done. And we left them with candles so they could light them up. She, who was not to be named, says her obsession began in grade school. That it's something she obviously continued into her 30s. Yeah, when she was a young, mad pumpkin carver, it was cute. Encouraged, even. But as an adult, not everyone's into it. I think if there's somebody you know, carving a pumpkin for them is fine, but just carving a pumpkin for a stranger, that just seems a little bit, you know, crazy. (laughs) Not crazy, but just kind of (laughs) too much. (laughs) There goes the innards. I don't have to see the look. I just, she says, hey, I want to grab that pumpkin and carve it. That's her partner, who shall also remain nameless. Hey, Madison's a small town, and one slip of my lip and her cover is blown. So let's call him the voice of reason, a.k.a. Mr. Killjoy. And he says, Well, I say, you know, that's on their porch, and you should probably not touch stuff that's on other people's property without their permission. That's, you know, that's just the way I was raised. For me, it connects to that person who would grab a pumpkin and smash it. And I know she said, you know, that's not good either that's evil and to me it's just it's close because you're snapping it up and you know it's gone for a time even though it returns probably improved 
it's still, you know, it's people's property. You just don't grab people's property. She says it makes her sad to hear him say that. But stealing them is fun. <laughs> because it's part of it's part of the joy of Halloween. It's part of trick or treat. And I, I think if there's three or more, I'm not doing any harm. Um, and if they're really decorated, you know, if they're doing a Martha Stewart type decoration, then I don't touch them. But if they have, you know, the cobwebs up and the, the stones up, then, then I'll steal one and put it back. Cause I think that they'll enjoy the treat or the trick of the treat. It's kind of both combo, but, um, I had a coworker who really got on my case, who thought I was doing a terrible disservice and really um, gave me a talking to and thought that I was stealing from children. So I just started buying them. She, who is not to be named, says she has mended her ways. Or maybe not. When I go buy houses, I still feel the drive to nab one, carve it and put it back. And actually my current desire is to, uh, I have a kit and now I've gotten it down to under 15 minutes that I can carve a pumpkin and put it back. And so if I had like one of those little minor headlamps, I could just sit on their porch, carve it, that puppy and get it done with and just set it down and leave it for them as a surprise in the morning when they wake up. And that would really, really make me happy. But I sort of feel like that also would creep the heck out of everybody. <laughs> you know, what's that creature doing on my porch? It would probably, uh, that, that would really, really, even I think that probably would cross the line. For WORT, I'm Jennifer Field. It's now 6.55 p.m. and you're listening to the Handcrafted Local News on WORT. Thanks for staying tuned to the localist news around. Our guests this evening, Amy and Jay, have one last word this evening and hopefully some people to thank. What's the news, Amy and Jay? Well, we don't uh, have any new pledgers on this uh, uh, news hour, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean it's too late for you listening right now to donate to WORT. You can do it one of two ways. You can call us at 608-256-2001 or head to WORTFM.org. Indeed, Jay. That just means that it needs to be you right now. Pick up that phone, give us a call, 608-256-2001, and be that pledger who calls in now so we can experience the joy of your donation and the entire community and listening area of WORT can enjoy the joy of your support for this radio station and the handcrafted news and high-quality music that you get to enjoy because it is on the air. Yeah, and, you know, that's the key to community radio, right, is that we want to bring you things that you want to hear. You know, we don't want to bring you ads from whoever has the biggest pockets. You know, we want to bring you programming that matters to you. That's why we have an hour of local news. That's why we have programs like A Public Affair that interview uh, people that are either coming to the community that belong to Madison, Wisconsin, have been from here and out and doing incredible things in the world. You know, we uh, get to bring you audio from them and you can only get that here on WORTFM and you can give us a call 608-256-2001 or head to WORTFM.org. 
uh, to donate and make your pledge now uh, because, you know, we need funds to continue this station, to continue making it as successful as it has been. I have to say there have been so many times that I really only knew that something was going on in my community because of local news here on WORT. There just wasn't other news outlets covering that. There just wasn't another source of information for something that really did affect me, affected my neighborhood, my community, and uh, provided me with information and a way to get involved to shape my community. That is because of the local news only brought to you here on WORT. So share your love for WORT by calling in now, 608-256-2001, or donate online, wortfm.org. Now, my, me, Jay, I'm going to be leaving uh, WRT in just a little bit here. But Amy, she's going to be here for another hour asking you for your donations. And I would just hate to see her disappointed. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just, you know, I think that uh, uh, you I can be... I am patient, Jay. I am patient. You'll, 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 you'll wait them out. I, I have no doubt. But, um, uh, yeah, this has uh, been Jay. Head to 608-256-2001 to call to make your pledge right now. Thank you. Keep those calls coming at 608-256-2001. And if you'd rather donate on the web, do that too at wortfm.org slash donate. Thanks for supporting the WORT live local news at 6 p.m. Your headline writer was Russ Mackey. Your reporter was Sarah Gabler, also out today with a piece in Isthmus newspaper. Congrats! Special thanks to featured contributors D-Star, John Stephanie, Ali Biriani, and Jennifer Fields. Engineer Dylan Brogan got the news on the air, Faye Parks produced this newscast, and Sholly Pittman is the news director at WORT. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Stacey Harbaugh, here with Sean Bull, and up next is the Perpetual Notion Machine. Good night. WORT Madison. Sorry about the uh, technical difficulties there. Our engineer, Dylan Broken, has been away from the decks for a couple weeks and forgot how the buttons work. All right. Onward. Forward.